tonight and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Did anybody not get a paper? Anybody not get one of these? Alright. Brother Lonnie, Abby, you want to get one to Brother Lonnie? Matthew chapter 6. We're going to finish up Matthew 6 tonight and then we're going to be in the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. Got a lot of stuff in this chapter and a lot of stuff we want to try to cover tonight. And we're just going to see if we can't get through this whole thing. But the title of the message tonight is just, Don't Worry. Don't Worry. Now, that's easier said than done. Uh, We're pretty good about worrying about things. But Jesus in this passage here is trying to show us that he's He's trying to tell us not to think so much about bad things that could happen. He's trying to get us not to worry. He wants us to have the right mindset. And boy, I think, I think that's very important. And we live in a world today where people, they worry about pretty much everything. And it says, so we'll start reading in Matthew 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for the body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray. Lord, we, I thank You so much for this, for Your Word, Lord, and for the fact that we don't need a worry, dear God. That You are in control. You know what's going on. 
Lord, while we know what we're supposed to, it's not always easy to do it. And dear God, I pray that this message will help us and motivate us to, to just rely on You more and not constantly be taking thought for what could happen. And I pray we'll trust You more and it will help all of us. In Your name we pray. Amen. Right here in this passage we are just reading in the first part, in the first verse, He says, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or yet for your body what shall you put on. He's like, when He says take no thought, in other words, He's saying don't worry about this. Okay. Now, obviously, we all got to think about it a little bit. You know, he's not saying, you know, don't think about what you're going to cook for supper. You know, don't think about what you're going to, you know, wear to church on Sunday. He's not talking about that, but he's talking about worrying about it, sitting there agonizing over things in the future that really aren't a problem yet. All right, there are, uh, there are some things, of course, we need to make sure that we, you know, it's okay to plan ahead. It's okay to plan for the future. It's okay to save money and uh, save for a rainy day. It's okay to save for retirement, but what he's talking about here is worrying about something that right now is not a problem. Okay, for for example, he doesn't want me sitting here obsessing and wondering, worrying about what if I get cancer in the future? What if I get what if I end up with Alzheimer's? What if I end up, you know, with this or that? Okay, I should be thinking about those things. What if what if there's nobody to take care of me when I'm old and I can't take care of myself? What if, you know, don't, don't be constantly thinking about all these things in the future out there that right now really can't do much to make a difference about it anyway. He's saying don't think about those things. And he's, but also, he's also here he's talking about what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall put on. Okay? That's pretty important. Eating, drinking. I mean, we need it to survive. We need clothes. Thank God for clothes. We'd, it would not be a pretty world if we didn't have it. But God says, He said, take no thought for those things. He's saying, and number one, don't worry about your physical needs. Don't worry about your physical needs. Don't sit around obsessing about it. Don't sit around getting worried and stressed out about it. He tells us not to do that. You know, most things that people worry about never happen. Number two, most things people worry about never happen. Me, I, I can think back. I can tell you guys all kinds of stories. I'm not going to do it right now. But people I know that for years and years, it's just about been the end of the world for them. For years and years, they were about to starve to death. For years and years, they were about to be on the streets. For years and years, all these horrible things have been about to happen to them, but yet they've never happened. They're still alive. They haven't starved to death. They haven't died of thirst. They've always had clothes on when I've seen them. All these things that they've worried about, have ne- it's never come to pass. But yet for years, they're worried about it. They're, for years, it's, it's troubling them. It's upsetting them. People are, they get scared up. Oh man, you know, what if I lose my job tomorrow? Well, you know what? That could happen. That could definitely happen. You can get a surprise tomorrow and go to work. You can be working somewhere, be doing great for years and find out they're closing down the factory or whatever. It could happen. But you know what? God doesn't want us sitting around worrying about it because the truth is, most of the things that we worry about, they don't ever happen. And we're supposed to be, number three, we rely on God by obeying His Word. By following His Word, we're supposed to be relying on God to provide. 
God wants us to trust in Him. We see that in this passage. God knows what's going on. He knows what we need. He says, your heavenly Father. He keeps talking about it. He knows what's going on. He knows what we have need of. We are to rely on God to provide. And we rely on God by following His Word. Many times people will say, I'm trusting in God. But you look at their actions and they don't follow the Word of God at all. For example, let's say I've got a bill that's due. I got I need to pay my electric bill, or they're going to shut my electricity off. And I go and I get my paycheck, and I've got the money to pay the electric bill, but I decide to go and maybe have a night on the town, take my wife to a nice restaurant, go buy some buy a new outfit. Now there's nothing wrong with doing those things, but all of a sudden now I can't pay my electric bill. And then I come along, or you come along, it's like, hey, you know, I'm telling you my problems, and I'm just like, well, you know what, I'm just trusting in the Lord to provide. Well, here's the thing. He already did provide, but I spent all the provision. I used it all up. You know, most of the time, when people uh, are having problems in those areas, it's not because God hasn't provided, it's just He provided before you even needed it, it's just you spent all the provisions. And we rely on God by following His Word. And many people are saying they're doing one thing, but their actions don't line up with the Scripture. If I was to tell you I'm trying to be a good, I'm trying to be a good father, and I'm trying to raise my kids according to the Word of God, but I never go to church. Well, I can say that all I want, but I need, if I'm going to do right, I need to be in church. I need to be teaching them the Scriptures. We need to be following the Scriptures. There's all these things that we're supposed to do. The whole point of this series we've been doing is many people say that their lives are built on Jesus Christ. Their house is built on that rock. They know the terminology, but you never see the actions lined up with what Jesus says to do. And if the actions don't line up, then you're not really relying on God. If you were relying on God, you would follow His Word and you would do you would do things in His way. And His way is not going to be to take your money you're supposed to pay your electric bill with and blow it all. That's not, that's not His will. That's not His way. So, we rely on God by following His Word. And then number four, we see in this passage, is we need to realize we are living for something greater than the material. Verse 25, he says, is, or in the end of verse 25, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? You know what he's basically telling us? Folks, Christians, you have a lot more to live for than just eating and wearing clothes. We are. We're living for a lot more. Now listen, I love eating just as much as anybody. I enjoyed it. I had a great meal today. I enjoyed it. But let me tell you something. I'm living for something a lot that's a lot bigger and a lot more important than just eating. Okay? Of course, we all need to eat. It's part of surviving. But it's not why I live. It is not my goal in life. You know, I don't have to eat at every restaurant in Sterling and Rock Falls. I haven't made that. I haven't made that a goal. I might eventually do that, but I do have other goals. One of my goals is I want to I want to personally knock every door in these towns. I plan on doing that eventually. I've been keeping track as I go. You know, I'm living for something a lot more than just eating out at restaurants. I'm living for something that's more than just clothes. I mean, some people, boy, 
what they wear is very important in their life. And listen, I'm all for looking nice. I'm 100% for nice clothes. But that's not the main reason I live. Tell you what, some of these Hollywood people and stuff, they'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars on their clothes trying to make some kind of statement. And boy, and then it's always this big tragedy if they show up at one of these red carpet events and somebody else is wearing the same dress. I mean, it's just embarrassing. It's tragic. It's the end of the world. And you know what? And it probably is the end of their world because they're not living for much more than just fame and notoriety and clothes. That's how meaningless their lives are. But as Christians, the Bible says that we're living for something a whole lot more. It's a lot more important. And you know what? In being in the will of God, you might not always you might not become rich. You might not eat the best food and eat at the nicest restaurants and wear the nicest clothes, but who cares? What we're living for is a lot more important. I tell you that I, I like nice clothes. I'll go to some of these suit places and I'll see the suits for five or six, seven hundred dollars. Sometimes they can be even more than that. But you know what? I just look at them. I don't even try them on. I can't afford it. If I could, yeah, that'd be nice. But you know what? I don't walk out of that store thinking, man, my life stinks. I can't afford those things. Many people are like that today. Their lives don't consist of much. They're not really living for anything but pleasure. And they go around and they do. I mean, they totally get depressed at the fact that they don't have, you know, a 104 inch TV or something. And I don't know about you. I'm living for things that are more important than that. Most people's lives are spent trying to obtain possessions. Number five. That's how they spend their life. They're trying to obtain possessions. They're trying to just get more and more stuff. And said, so I like stuff as much as anybody. I enjoy going to. I like going to electronic stores. I like going and looking at all the fancy cars and things like that. But you know what? One thing I'm going to make sure. What I always do whenever I'm looking at a car or a house or anything, I don't want to. Make, I want to make sure I don't get over my head to the point where I'm going to have to go and get another job or a better job that's going to take me away from the will of God. That car is not important enough to me. I would rather be in the will of God. I'd rather be serving God. And so, when it comes to jobs, I'm fine. You know, I'm supposed to pay the bills. We have responsibilities. You've got to feed your family. But you know what? I know what the will of God is for my life. And if any of those things, I don't care how much they pay, if they're going to take me from the will of God, I'm not going to do it. Because what I'm living for is way more important than money. Most people's lives are spent trying to obtain possessions. Most people's financial problems are for buying more than they need. They go and they buy more than they need. And then this horrible... Horrible thing happens. The horrible, horrible D word called debt. And it just it puts a stranglehold on their life. Number seven, debt keeps people from tithing. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Tithing is... That's where... It was all throughout the Bible. That's where... Yes? Number six is most people's financial problems are from buying more than they need. Buying more than they need. But tithing is where you give a tenth of your income uh, to the work of God. It says in Malachi 3 8, will a man rob God? Can you imagine going and robbing God? Can you imagine going and, you know, 
putting a gun to God and saying, give me your money? Well, that's not what he's talking about here. And Malachi says this to the children of Israel, and they get confused. And they're like, yet, he said, yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? Say, where have we robbed thee? Where did we do that? We didn't rob you. But he says, in tithes and offerings. They weren't giving to the work of God like they were supposed to. And listen to what he says in verse 9. He said, Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, You're under a curse. You're in trouble. You have not done what you're supposed to do, and you are cursed. And then he says in verse 10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He said, if you'll do these things, he says, listen, prove me. You don't believe me on this? Do it for a while. Give your tithe and just see if I don't bless you. Just see if I don't pour out my blessing on your life. But boy, you continue doing what you're doing. You continue robbing me. You're cursed with a curse. You think that's terrible. How could God ask me to give a tenth to Him? How could He do that? That's terrible. And God would put a curse on me for not doing it? And you think, that's just terrible. What a horrible God. Well, you know what? People will hear this. Preachers talk about this. They'll quit going to church. And i just like to say to anybody that would do that, but they are a hypocrite. Because let me tell you, you'll go to Walmart and sign up for their credit cards. Let me tell you, they'll put a curse on you if you don't pay them what you're supposed to. It's called major interest. It's called late fees. Your bank that you go to. You know, you go and get overdrawn and things like that. You know, they're going to come after you. I'll tell you another group, the IRS. Don't give them, hey, you don't pay what you owe them. They'll put a curse on you. They'll come and take whatever they want. They got a lot of power. You say, but God, He has no right to do it. Let me tell you, God has more right than any of those groups. God, and let me tell you, and then God's the only one. You know, when you go and you pay the IRS, you won't even get a thank you note. You go and you pay these credit card companies and do things, they're not gonna, they're not gonna send you a check just for doing what you're supposed to do. They're not gonna they're not gonna bless you for it, but God will. God will bless you, and I I thank God. I I was taught as a young child to tithe. I remember when I would if I'd earn any money, my dad would teach you need a tenth of that needs to go to the house of God, and I was taught to do that at a young age. And I thank God that I did that because it also helped keep me from overspending myself. Because I always knew as soon as I got that check, tenth of it's gone. I'm giving it to my church. I'm giving it to the house of God. And But many people, they feel like they can't do that because they've got themselves, they've got themselves in a jam. That also keeps people, people from being able to serve God. Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, "...the rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender." You know why many people can't serve God today is because they are. They're serving... Uh, J.P. Morgan and Chase. They've got all this debt they're trying to take care of and they've got to work three extra jobs and they've got to do all this stuff. They don't have time for church. They don't have time for the house of God. And it's because they're working hours and hours a day 
for their lender to their lender. That's another thing people think. Ten percent, ten percent. You got that's crazy. If I work forty hours in a week and I get that's four hours, I'm working for God. But you know what? Most people, if they would actually go and check their budget, they're probably working way more hours for some lender out there. A huge portion of their paycheck. I know I've been there before. I've been where I, we we had a period of time where we got in a little over our head. And it wasn't fun getting out of that mess. It was a lot of work. I spent a lot of hours and a lot of months working for people that I didn't know. People that weren't going to bless me for doing what I was obligated to do. And I thank God that now and after I did took care of that, I was able to give more than I was ever able to. And God just started blessing me more than He'd ever blessed before. That's just the way it works. And God says, Malachi, prove it. He says, prove it herewith. But so many times we get so focused on possessions. Well, if I give to God, then I can't have all these things that are out there. I can't have the nicer clothes or the nicer car. I'm here to tell you today that we live for so much more than that. We live for so much more. I would rather use my money to be a help and a blessing to missionaries that are out serving God all over the world. I would rather use my money to be, so we can have programs and have the materials and things we need for stuff like King's Kids. So kids like Joe and Owen could come to this church and they could learn Bible verses and so they can uh, give them something to invite their other friends to and have and, and uh, get around the house of God and see them get saved. Let me tell you, the rewards that come with that are eternal. Anything... You know, if I go and spend $500 in the suit, my daughter Allie's going to slime it up in no time. It's going to, it's going to fall apart. It's going to get old. It's going to, it's going to lose its thrill. It's, it's not going to last long. Those cars and things, they're going to end up in the junkyard. But what we do for God lasts forever. It's so much better. But we got to realize we are living for more than the material. And then, the next one we see is number nine. Follow the example set by the birds. Follow the example set by the birds. I want to ask you a question. Well, let's read, let's read Matthew 6.26 again. Matthew 6.26, he says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gathereth into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? How many has ever seen a bird have a nervous breakdown? You ever seen that bird have a nervous breakdown? Now I've seen them go a little crazy if you get around the babies or things like that. But you know, have you ever seen, have you ever seen any animal do that? Except for maybe some of these spoiled dogs and cats. I think I've seen some of them have nervous breakdowns when things don't go their way. But you know what? For the most part, in the animal kingdom, with the birds, with the animals, you don't see them obsessing and worrying about things. You know, the animals don't have psychiatrists that they can go to. Animals don't have medication that they need to take. Because you don't, you don't see him, you don't see him worrying about things. Humans are the only ones. Boy, we worry about everything. We get so worried, boy, we've got to drug ourselves up. You know, one of the reasons that alcohol is so popular and why it's so, so much money is spent on it is people are trying to forget their problems. It'll keep them from worrying for a little bit. But it doesn't solve anything. But you know what? The Bible says they, they toil not, or they, neither do they sow, but they eat. The birds are eating. The animals are eating. You don't see them out there worrying. You don't see them out there starving. To death. You know what? God's taking care of those things. 
Do you know that we don't have enough money? The most successful business in this country does not have the money to feed the birds, all the birds in the world, for one day. They can't do it. There's too many. All the animals. We can't do that. We don't have enough money in this country to take care of those things. But yet, they're fine, aren't they? You know why? The Bible says it's God. He's taking care of those things. And then He asks a question that's supposed to have a simple answer. And that is, are ye not much better than they? Now, I know in this animal rights world that we live in today that you know we're no better than the birds and the dogs and you know don't go squashing a fly and things like that. It's inhumane. But I'm, according to the Bible, the Bible says we're better. Bible, there's another verse where the Bible says you're of much more value than many sparrows. God loves us. He's paying attention. And if God can take care of all the birds and all the animals, God can take care of us. Number 10, animals live by their God-given instincts. Humans live according to the flesh. Animals, they just they know to eat. They know to get up every day. They get they get up every day and they go out and they got their routines and things. I like to go out in the woods and watch deer. And you know, deer they've got these wore down paths that you can follow, and they take these same paths and they got these routines they do, and they just go and kind of live on their instincts. And every day they eat. You don't see you never see deer like going and storing up food somewhere and saving things up because he's worried about whether or not he's going to be able to eat the next day. He. They're fine. They live from day to day. They follow their instincts. And they do just fine. Humans, we're always living according to the lust of the flesh. And that's going to cause us to get greedy. Which is going to cause us to envy. And it's going to cause us to start worrying. So we've got to be careful. We need to follow that example and just every day know that God is going to take care of me. You may have some pressing needs right now. I'm not saying we talked this morning about prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Ask God to help you. Ask God to show you from His Word what you could do better to maybe fix the problem yourself. But some things you're just going to have to rely on God for. And God wants us to do that. He wants us to just trust in Him. Worry cannot change reality. Worry cannot change reality. Number 11. Verse 27, he says, Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? He says, we can't, we can't change anything just by worrying about it. Just by us. And you know what he's saying here too? This is more than... He's saying just by thinking about getting taller, you can't make yourself get taller. That's something that's normal in humans. Okay? Now I know some of these kids are probably anxious to you know hit the six foot or the five foot mark, and then you know kids they might think of some of these things. But did you know that them thinking about growing is not going to make them grow? It's not. That's a natural thing that God put in us. That's going to take care of itself. That's going to be okay. And just worrying about it is not going to change it. And there are certain things that God has put in this earth. There's things. There's orders that He has. And us worrying about them is not going to change it. Me worrying about whether or not it's ever going to rain again is not going to make rain come or rain stay away. It's not, it's not, it's not going to do that. Some of these things, they take care of themselves. Worry has never made anything go away. It hasn't. Worry doesn't make anything go away. Worrying about 
you know, if you have cancer or something like that, is not going to make you all of a sudden not have cancer if you do. Worrying about financial problems or worrying about what you're going to eat in the future 20 years from now, it's not going to change anything. It's just going to make you worry. And worrying doesn't change anything. Actions are what make the difference. Number 12. Actions are what make the difference. If you really want to change something, if you really want to do something about your future, then you need to go to the Word of God and see what God wants us to do. There's plenty of verses in the Bible that talk about saving saving things like money. There's a verse in the Bible that says that talks about preparing for the future. It says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, ruleth, prepareth her meat. And the summer, those ants, they're working all the time. They're always working and they're preparing for the winter when they will be unable to work. And they do fine and they survive. God wants us to prepare for when we get older. But we make sure that we're not worried about it. Right now, we're putting actions into place, trying to prepare for the future. And if we're doing what we're supposed to do now, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry. You're doing the will of God. You're doing what God wants you to do. And actions are what really make the difference. Just worrying about something is not going to help. Thinking about cleaning your room won't get the job done. Okay, Parents, you tell your kids clean the room. Come back an hour later, it's still not clean. They're like, well, I, I was thinking about cleaning it. You know, I, I've been thinking about exercising. I've been thinking about going on a diet. But you know what? Me thinking about exercising is not going to get me in better shape. It's not going to make me lose weight. It's not going to accomplish anything. Just thinking about it is not enough. You've got to actually, you've got to actually do it. And then, next, we need follow the example, number 13, of the flowers. Follow the example of the flowers. Matthew 6.28 Why take ye thought for raiment? Talking about clothing. Why are you worried about clothing? It says, Consider the lilies of the field. Think about the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon is not in his, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You know what Jesus is saying here? That the, Back in the Bible days, they probably didn't understand a lot of this stuff. But Jesus, being as smart as He was, he knew exactly what he was talking about. But you know that science has figured, I mean, as the more they learn about creation, the more they learn about plants and animals and everything, the more amazing they really are. I mean, just a flower. None of us on our own could make or create something as complex as a flower. Now, we can take a seed and we can put it in the dirt and we could water it, do all those things, and watch it grow. But we can't, we can't make one ourselves. We can't do that. We don't have that ability. We can build buildings. We can do, we can do things like that. In fact, and then the Bible says even Solomon in all his glory, Solomon was very well known for building a magnificent, beautiful kingdom. During the time of Solomon, the Bible says that they were so rich that the silver was nothing accounted for. They didn't even pay attention to silver. It was, it was nothing. Because that's how the riches were at that time. They were constantly bringing in gold and bringing in all these valuables and things. And during Solomon's time, it was Israel was at its peak at the greatest time in its history. But the Bible says that even Solomon in all of his glory, it wasn't arrayed or dressed like one of these flowers are. Just one of these lilies. 
It wasn't as complicated. It wasn't as amazing. And let me tell you, the Bible says that the Queen of Sheba, she came by, she heard about Solomon. She heard about the kingdom and she wanted to see if it was true. And she came there and when she saw Solomon, when she saw him and his kingdom and just all that went on, the Bible says that there was, she was, she was blown away by it. It says that there, she, and she said to Solomon, she says, the half has not been told me. She said, I, she saw it, she was amazed. But the Bible says a flower is far more amazing than anything that Solomon built, anything that Solomon wore. And God clothes the flowers of the field. And if God can do that, He can definitely take care of your clothes situation. You're gonna be, you're gonna be okay. Flowers, they just do what they were made to do. And God takes care of them. They're there to bring beauty to the earth. They, they're this, they're there to make this world a beautiful place. And that's what they do. And they do a very good job. And the Bible says we're, we are way more important to God than plants. We are. Like I said, I know in this world today, boy, we've devalued human life. In our country today, according to many of our leaders, there's no problem with killing an unborn child. But boy, with some people though, you kill a plant, we got a problem. I remember when I, when I was a teenager, you know, I was pretty sheltered. I had heard about the tree huggers and things like that. I knew who Al Gore was and I knew about some of his things. But I never really come across one. I remember we were in Washington, we were in Washington State on Mount Rainier, beautiful mountain, just, just beautiful, one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And we were up there on that mountain, we got in this one area and it's just flowers everywhere, just beautiful flowers. And out in the middle of these flowers is there was this big rock. And we thought, well, that'd be a great place for a picture. So we went walking out there through the flowers and take a picture. And some lady comes up to me and she's just like, do you realize that if you walk on those flowers, it could be another 10 years before they ever grow back? And I just kind of looked at her like, what? It's like, yeah, you should be walking and kill those flowers. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, that lady was, what, what was that all about? I was like, so yeah, and he was telling me about kind of the environmentalists and those people that you know love plants and things more than they love humans. And I'm not saying we just go around destroying things, but you know what? Uh, said there's nothing wrong with you cutting your grass. There's nothing wrong with you chopping down a tree. Things like that. It's okay. <laughs> but we're more important than plants. I don't care what the environmentalists say. I don't care what the tree huggers say. I don't care what Al Gore says. We're more important than plants. So then next. Number or fifth or number fourteen. So we are we are more important to God than plants. Number fifteen. Do not follow the example of everyone else. Notice in verse thirty-two, Jesus said, "For after all, or in verse thirty-one it says, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. You know why most of us worry about these things." Because we are told to worry about these things all the time. Most of the world is constantly worrying about these things. Advertisers try to get us to worry about a lot of things. So we will buy their product or we will use them for something to help them make money. But the truth, Bible says, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles didn't know God. They didn't know Him. Therefore, it made sense for them 
to constantly be worried about the future. They didn't know God. They didn't know the Word of God. Therefore, they had no concept of the power of God. If I didn't know God, if I didn't have this Bible, there's plenty of things that I'm seeing going on in this country right now that would have me worrying pretty good. I'd probably be laying on the couch in the psychiatrist's office. I'd probably be the one popping the pills. Because let me tell you, it's kind of scary if you look at what's going on right now. But I'm here to tell you today that God can handle these things. And I don't need to be like everybody else obsessing and worrying about these things. He said, after all these things, do the Gentiles seek. As Christians, we claim to be the ones that know God. It's important that we act like we know God. We are to be people of faith. We're to be people of faith. That whenever those difficult times comes and where things come up in our lives, we don't let it blindside us. We don't let it destroy us. We don't let it knock us down. And if we do get knocked down, and we will every now and then, you get back up and you keep doing the right thing. And I'm here to tell you that we're supposed to be people of faith. And that means we're doing what God's told us to do and we're trusting in Him to do the rest. And let me tell you, I believe that God, God, He has. I'm only 31 years old. I guess it's not that old. But God's been taking good care of me during these 31 years. It would be pretty bad if all of a sudden I start doubting Him when things get looking a little bleak. God doesn't want that. We're to be people of faith. The problems that the world has, they shouldn't all be our problems. Listen, the reason we're having so many problems we are today is because we're not following the Word of God anymore. Fewer and fewer people are going to church. Bibles aren't allowed in the schools anymore. Nobody's nobody's teaching the Word of God. People, families aren't aren't training their children according to the Word of God. Of course, we're going to have the problems we have. Of course, divorce is going to be going crazy. Of course, kids are not going to behave and listen to their parents. Of course, there's going to be more and more crime. If we're not following the Word of God, those things have always happened since the beginning of time. Every time people have gotten away from the words of God, that's just brought ruin. It's not going to change now. And I'm here to tell you today that just because everybody else in the world is doing things a certain way doesn't mean we have to. We were talking about some this afternoon with Menezes. The way people go about getting a husband and wife these days is pretty sad. And it's not biblical. And you know what? It's not working. It's not, it's not matching people up the right way. It's not bringing good, long-lasting relationships. There's a way to do it right and avoid a lot of those problems. And you, and you know what? It's sad though. A lot of these same problems that the world's been going through for a long time now, it's in the churches today. Even God's people are having the exact same problems that should not be the case. But we need to remember, God also, He's very well aware of our needs. God knows what's going on. He says, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows you need to eat. He knows you need to drink. He knows you need clothes. Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you you're going to go without these things. God knows you need them. God can take care of all the birds. He can take care of the flowers. He can take care of you. It's alright. You're going to be okay. But if you're going to worry about anything, one thing you need to get worried about or at least get concerned about is doing the will of God. We read this verse this morning. But seek ye first, verse 33, the kingdom of God 
and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what God's saying? He's saying, you just seek after My will. You do what I want you to do, and all these things, they're going to be added to you. You'll be taken care of. You'll be okay. David said, I have been young, and now I am old. And I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. God takes care of His people. God does. He takes care of His people. And if we're going to get worried about anything, get concerned, number 16, about the will of God. When you're doing the will of God, God's going to take care of everything else. There's going to be many difficulties in the future. And to anticipate them, it's only going to make them worse. Verse 34, he makes a statement there. He says, Take ye therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know what God, that verse means right there? You know what God's saying? He's saying, you know what? There's going to be plenty of bad things happen in the future. There's going to be plenty of hard times. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. There's, I'm here to tell you today, there's going to be bad things happen. You're going to have circumstances come up. You're going to have cars break down. You're going to have you're going to have job issues. You might lose your job. You're going to you're going to get sick sometime. I mean, you know what? I hate to tell you this. I don't want to reveal something to you. Maybe you didn't know before, but you're eventually going to die. I'm, I know I probably just disappointed all you. You're all worried about that now. But you know what Jesus is saying? There's going to be plenty of bad things coming up. But to sit around and worry about them, it's not going to help a thing. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to make it any better. You know what? We're all going to die someday. But it's, if it's not going to be today, then we might as well enjoy today. We might as well do the will of God today. We might as well follow His Word today. So many people, they're so worried about the future, they can't enjoy the present. Don't let that be a part of your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You think, if I do the will of God, I'm not going to have all these things. No. If you do the will of God, then all these things shall be added unto you. And not only that, not only will God take care of those things, but you'll also be content with them. You'll be satisfied with them. You think of some of these Hollywood people that just that you see on TV and it seems like they have everything, but yet these are they're just miserable people always trying to get more. You know why? Because real satisfaction, real contentment only comes from God and they don't have Him. They don't know Him. And therefore, it's always going to be a struggle for them, but it doesn't have to be that way for us. Doesn't have to be that way. If you're going to build your house on a rock, if you're going to build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to start practicing some faith and trusting in Him. So let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.